have sound. There we go. Now I've got sound. This is what happens when you reset everything up the day before. So everyone, hello and welcome. This time around you should be fine. I assume you can hear me okay now. Uh, it's been a very fun week. Obviously, many of you know we've just had the major, uh, during which a certain Seth Super Hoffman announced that he would be retiring from being a player. That was announced before. And I believe it was last night, Super, it came out that you are moving into the general manager position. So first and foremost, how are you today? I think I was muted too. Not uh, too, uh, not too shabby. That you was, know, a little early for me. I was a little late for you, but uh, uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's six p.m. here. I'm good. I always say CEST because people there's more that watch from Europe than do strictly from the UK. So I always tried to go in European time, which is an hour ahead. So I'm good at the minute. Hungry, but dinner will come after. So it's all good. I'm really disappointed, by the way, that you didn't roll out the line that you gave me when I asked you before the show how you doing. To be honest, you caught me a little off guard, so I, I just had to go with it. Can we do I it again? Can we, talking, can we do it so again? Like, right. Can we do it again? So you yeah. say the answer. Okay, then cool. Seth, how yeah, are you yeah. today? I'm super. Get it. It's a terrible joke, but it works every single time. Well, look, Seth, really appreciate you coming on to talk to us. I'm sure people in chat will have a bunch of questions as well as we go through the show around Sonics and so on, but I've already got a lot of those listed down. As a starting point, let's go through the pieces that you and I spoke about a little bit yesterday. Berlin. Talk to me. How was it? How did you find coming over to Europe? Did you have a good time? Um, you can be very honest. No. Don't worry. Ubisoft aren't listening. No. <laughs> uh, the flight was fine because I paid to upgrade my own flight, so it cost me money. I had like one of those like lay down beds, so that was Ooh. nice. Even though I don't sleep, it was more Super of just like first class. Damn. I need the I need the status of it, you know. I wasn't necessarily like I don't sleep on planes because I'm like super paranoid about turbulence, but you know it's the status of my legs were just out and nobody could stop me just all the way out. <laughs> um, and then we got to Germany and it was like I took a first class trip to hell. <laughs> Why? What was so bad about it? Well, um. It's 2022, and apparently in Germany, air conditioning hasn't been invented yet. <laughs> um, and somehow, all like I, I have like this bad luck thing where all my sh my shit will just randomly break. So the progressive progressively, as it got hotter and hotter, and I got more pissed off and more pissed off, things just started breaking. So <laughs> it it certainly, I would say it's an event to remember, but. Maybe not for a good reason. Right, I see. It's, it's interesting in Europe how some countries are really good with AC, like France, when we say they're free, you are great with it. But the UK, no longer in the EU, lol, sucks at it anyway. Germany was a little bit hit and miss as we went across different restaurants there and stuff, right? And it was, the Monday was probably one of my worst tournament experience days ever. It was just so hot. I can't imagine how it was for you guys in the practice rooms as well, because... Teams were saying they had AC in there, but it was still like 40 degrees once you got five players in there and five PCs running, right? Well, so they gave you like a little AC, but to use the AC, the window had to be open. And so they had kind of this cover that they would put over the window, but the cover we had was broken. Brilliant. So it wasn't covering anything. It was just like the air, the air would come out of the air conditioner and just go right out through the window. <laughs> So and then straight know, back in again and make it even hotter. I guess. Yeah. Honestly, brilliant. Well, outside of that, what about 
the Sonics themselves. What about your experience there as a team? Let's talk more about the games rather than the sweating to death that you guys had. It was a rough tournament for you guys. It feels like it's been a bit of a, a challenge to get back to the form that we saw from you guys throughout last year. You know, what wasn't going so well this event? Um, Interestingly enough, I don't even really think it's like a, we're not in form. I think at that tournament, we definitely did not play well. Um, just a couple matches that come to mind. The first match against G2, we had a 5-1 lead that we couldn't close out. Uh, against Sandbox Gaming, when we played them on Oregon the first time, mm. I think we got clutched on four rounds in a row, I want to say. Um, so, like, if we win both of those games, that's six points, and we had five. So it's a completely different tournament for us if we actually can close the games out. But the truth is we just we didn't deserve to do well. We didn't play well enough. You know, I know Sandbox made some changes, but that's a team that at Invite we beat 7-0-7-2. And we didn't, we couldn't even, um, you know, we didn't even get a, a game off of them here. So, and and I don't think they were like anything necessarily improved like crazy. So it, mm. it just came down to we didn't really play that well. And obviously, you know, all of the teams at the majors, r regardless of how you rate them as, you know, a top team or a low team, like, they're the best teams for a reason they're there so if you're not playing your best those are teams that will punish you and that, i think that's just what happened to us we just we didn't show up and the other teams took advantage of that and mm. um you know we were sent home the thing that's potentially interesting for me is we kind of have this history now of in these group best of ones we seemingly struggle but when we've played best of three tournaments which is nal finals and invite we obviously have done really well in those. Mm. So I, I kind of wonder if it's like a little bit of a mental block going into like best of ones and groups and stuff. Cause I think for best of threes, we, we obviously like match up pretty well. Yeah. But that's just something like the team will have to, um, you know, deal with as it goes on. Cause eventually we have to make it out of fucking groups if we're going to be uh, doing anything. Very true. And I guess on that subject, is that becoming down to a matter of prep? Do you think, do you guys really thrive best when you can properly prep for a best of three or is it something else? Um, no, I, so the way that I believe in operating, we don't counter strat anybody. Uh, we don't really, you know, the, as far as prep goes for us, it's going to be knowing what maps we're playing and what's likely going to be banned. But I don't believe in, in counter stratting. Cause like, what if you, cause like, let's say the other team wants to counter strat you and you change all your stuff for them. And then all of a sudden all their stuff's different. Cause they changed it for you. Mm you may as well be doing what you're comfortable with rather than, you know, trying to reinvent the wheel and then not even knowing that it's going to translate. Like there are some teams like um, maybe old school empire where you pretty much know everything they're going to do. It's just, if you can stop them, but a lot of the teams, like, especially with the way the game is now, it's, um, it, it it's too hard to counter, I think, because everything is just unpredictable. It's all just, you know, running around a lot of that kind of thing. Mm, I do want to come on to that in a minute, but I did get a question coming from Joe R6 in the chat who said, what do you think about G2F you played them? I said coming into the competition, like we were doing all the cast of rotations and that. And I said to like, normally most events, I'll make the rotation. I'll jump in and go, right, I want that game. I want that game, for example. And I was quite fortunate that we gave it to Devin Mandy to pick their games first, given it was their first major. But then I think it was Parker and Penga came in and they didn't pick that game. And I was like, right. I want that game. And even Emmy was like, yeah, I left it blanks. I know you'd really want to cast it just for the beef. Like, you've had a lot of back and forth with Alamau. We've had uh, Shaz pop up and have a few little words as well. 
did it feel like a real rivalry going into that game? Like, did it mean any more than the other games you played in the group? Uh, I mean, truthfully, I don't give a shit about G2. Like, I understand why they would be, um, like, not big fans of me. But for me, I am a streamer. Well, you know, I'm not necessarily a full-time streamer, but I stream a lot. Mm -hmm. I watch the games. If I'm just sitting there being like, oh, that was a good play. That was a bad play. Wow. Like, nobody wants to watch. So... Mm I think I'm a pretty funny guy on my stream. <laughs> when you're watching me, I'm I'm going to be funny. I'm going to ham it up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be entertaining. That's why a decent amount of people want to watch me. If I was just sitting there, like, looking at everything, how I do as if I were, you know, a player or a coach, it would be a lot less boring. Yeah. So I, I, I understand why, you know, some people may take things like that personal. And I think NA at this point, like... I'm actually pretty good friends with the majority of NA. I don't really feel like I have any beef with like any of them, mm. even some of the guys I used to, because they have come to understand that what I'm saying on stream, it's literally for stream. I, you know, I don't have a problem with anybody. I'm not most of the time. Like some of the stuff I'm saying isn't necessarily even correct. It's just funny. Yeah. And obviously G2 took it a different way and that's fine. But the truth is like, I don't give a shit about them. It didn't mean anything it didn't like uh, the only rivalry I would say we have is OXG and they're not that. They're not what? They're not bad, did you say? Or they're not that? They're not OXG. Oh, I see. That's what you mean. It's kind of a shame. I half expected you to come on here and go, yeah, you know what? Those guys were dog shit. I'm glad I said it. You know, we didn't play well. So imagine how good they could have been. But you've come on here and been very. Is it is it a thing of the retiring side of things now where the B starts to drop? Or, or what do you think? Do you think that carries on now? Now you're a GM, you're still doing the streaming and. Shit talking, because why not? I think, like, one thing we always said about Fabian was it was really good having a villain in the scene. You need those kind of characters in the scene, and you guys, you sort of made that for NA, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, like, obviously, I became, um, I would say, I don't know if I would say popular, but, like, a pretty polarizing figure in the scene. Um, and it got me a charm, so no complaints there. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not... The way I am is, in my opinion, I'm going to say what I think is the truth most of the time, unless it's just, like, completely out there. Mm. Um, and sometimes you'll disagree with it, sometimes you won't. But I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, G2 sucks when they beat us. Like, we didn't play well. I think if we played how we normally do, we probably beat them. But they're certainly not a bad team. You know, mm. people... People called them like a super team heading into the year, and they're still the same team. They still have that level of talent. It just hasn't necessarily translated as much to the game uh, as they probably would have liked. But like the talent is there where if they're playing well, they can beat or compete with anybody. And if you're not playing well, they can certainly take advantage of that. So mm. I don't you know, I don't think they're bad. I certainly don't think they're like, I mean, you know, they're they're making majors. They're going to be at invite. Like, they're certainly not a bad team. Yeah, for sure. And it's probably another side of it too. Like, even if you were being fully serious in what you were saying, I think you often find a lot of uh, players or teams or even to some level fans and so on and so forth throughout the scene will say things about teams, not so much behind their back, but they never really say it in a public sphere. So like you said there, because you're streaming, it is very public, your opinions and thoughts. Otherwise, it's probably the kind of things that other players and teams are saying between themselves anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, 
anybody who talks to me or has any kind of discussion with me outside of my stream, I'm not like just screaming at you like ah like on stream like on stream I'm you know it's in a way the same way I am in terms of uh like the villainous personality mm. I can just kind of flip a switch in a way and act differently than like my my like in a way I'm not an actor but like it's kind of the same thing where yeah. I can you know the the person I am when I'm just like sitting at home is not the person I am when I'm fucking just roasting everybody for, you know, ridiculous plays and things like that. Yeah, exactly as Jerry puts it, right? It's a persona that you put on for the purposes of entertainment, which makes total sense. Um, moving past that for a second as well, how much of the playoffs did you get to watch or were you kind of pieced out once you'd done the group stage? Um, I would say I watched um, a, off and on a good amount of the playoffs. Uh, just... The main the main difficulty was it, here. It was very early, most mm. of the games. Yeah, um, but yeah, I watched a, a little bit of it, not all of it. Cool. And I guess we can come on to this sort of conversation that De Moshe asked about in chat earlier on as well, in terms of playstyle. Now that's a point you and I wanted to talk about anyway. What do you make of Rogue? You saw them obviously play throughout group stage a little bit. You were mainly focused on your own games. You've probably seen them on and off throughout playoffs. Deserving winners. You think the playstyle is kind of here to define the way Siege has played for a while? What do you make of their win? Uh, I mean, I said on my stream going into the event that I thought that Rogue and Wolves, in terms of EU, were definitely the most playing on, like, what I thought was the meta. Like, you know, kind of, I don't want to say reckless, but a style where they're taking a lot of chances. There's a lot of unpredictability to it. It's relying a lot more, you know, that I think they've even said it, where they're just picking, like, the guns they want to play. Yeah. They're just relying a lot more on those gunfights and their you know their teamwork rather than maybe some of the more strategical aspects of the game and i mean that's the current meta right where it's it is gunfights it is not necessarily as strategic right now but if you have good teamwork and you know if you're you know rogue going to that event on fire and they're hitting their shots and that kind of thing like yeah they're they're gonna win because the way they're playing if they're taking kind of like a 50-50 style of forcing gunfights, forcing teamwork, and all of a sudden they're hitting their shots, so that 50-50 style goes 75-25 or something like that, they're going to win a lot of, uh, of rounds. Mm. It's it's an interesting point about the whole gunfight thing, because before the Major, when we had Lycan on the podcast, he was talking a bit about the age of gunfights is sort of dead. These days, it's about quick peeking corners. It's about pre-firing, for example. It's less about... The actual skill of gunfights, obviously there's still skill involved in hitting the head first before they hit yours, of course. But he kind of felt that the age of gunfights have kind of sort of disappeared a little bit now for this sort of pre-fire nature. What do you think about that? Do you feel we're moving towards that as well? Or do you think it is still much more very skill-based? I, I think that's the opposite of what it is. I think that's probably why SSG have been terrible. Um, I don't know how you can watch the game right now and be like, yeah, there's no gunfights. It's everybody's just quick peeking. Oh, like... The game right now is literally gunfights using mechanical skill, you know, using your a lot of a lot of it is game sense, so it's not like you can be a complete idiot running around. Mm. But I mean, to me, the game right now is I mean, we just had Spoit win the MVP of the major. What is he? He's like mechanically gifted like prodigy. Like these the mechanically gifted players are the people who are going to be the stars of the game. And mm. what I think he could mean in that aspect is 
for SSG, I've always thought of them as very methodical, not necessarily faster, and they do have good mechanical players, but I don't necessarily think of them as a team that's taking a lot of chances. Mm. So, I, I, you know, I think they're maybe just not necessarily playing the same as these other teams. Like Rogue Phase, those kind of teams, like they take a lot of chances in what they're doing. They yeah. know they have the gun skill to hit the shots. They know they have the teamwork to trade each other. But it, that is mechanical skill. Like, that is your individual skill. Like, in saying that he doesn't think there's a lot of gun skill involved anymore, I mean, that's because I feel like they're not taking the chances that a lot of the other teams are. Yeah, his whole view is basically like, look, you can see how SSG are doing on attack generally. Their defenses are awful. They know there's a problem there. But things like running Ying, bringing Amaru, going for real big, like, execute-heavy uh, setups here means that you are removing a lot of the need for gun skill on that side of things. Yeah, and, and I mean, that can work, you know. Um, I think we were the number one ranked NA team in attacking, and SSG was number two ranked in attacking. So, mm. like, at least in NA, the execute style attack can work. The problem is, is when you go internationally, these guys aren't backing down from your thing, like, from the way you're playing. So if you can't get to your execute, you can't win the round if you're an execute-heavy team. And that's where I think NA is struggling a bit right now is mm. I have this whole theory and it's basically that NA is not as good on defense as the other regions. Like we do not play defense like the other regions do. And because we don't play defense like the other regions do, that means our attacking, which on paper is supposed to be insane you know, going into this event, I think we were the number one rated attacking team in the world. Like, we had the highest plant percentage, we had the highest rounds won, all of that. We go into the event, we're just getting fucking shit on, on attack. Mm. It's not because we all of a sudden forgot how to attack, it's because the other teams aren't... They play defense differently. So, if NA is not playing defense as high at a level... As at high of a level as the other regions, then the attacking teams in NA are also not as good. We're just... You know, we just can beat bad defenses and attacking. Yeah. But if you're playing phase or G2 where they're holding the correct things, they stand their ground, all that kind of thing, they have the good teamwork, then a lot of these execute-based attacks, you're not going to get to execute. And then what do you do? Yeah, I forget who it was that said it to me before the event, but they said much the same where NA is playing its own game right now. And obviously NA has only played NA for the last like stage. The whole world right. has essentially, right? But their style was kind of unique compared to others. They were really nervous about how it was going to compete on a global stage. And outside of Xset playing probably a slightly more aggressive style like much of the rest of the world, it has been, you know, I guess a also including timing for some of the teams that were going there, you guys included as well. It does feel like that sort of echo chamber play style has come back to bite a little bit, right? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's interesting about what you said about Xset because Xset to me are one of the NA teams or maybe the most NA team that does not play necessarily for execute. They mm. play to kind of just kill you. You know, us, we play to plant the bomb. OXG, they play to plant the bomb. Dark Zero, they play to plant the bomb. Mm. Uh, Astralis, I would say actually they're kind of on that realm too, like Xset. They just had like, I guess, a really bad tournament. But yeah, I mean, it's not really a shock to me that Xset uh did the best especially because they're kind of already using an international style of play given that they have an international coach mm. um and now i think you know in a in a has a better idea of 
pr probably what we need to work on for the next stage, and we'll see if that can translate internationally. Because obviously, I do think against some teams, like that execute heavy style can work. But depending on who you're playing, if it doesn't work, you need to be able to have a back, like a different plan. And I think most importantly, NA just has to figure out defense. Because I think we're way behind on defense because we're not. I think NA is still thinking about defense in terms of the strategy and the, you know, like the utility and not just kind of bringing just guns a yeah. lot of the time. It's the big change I've seen probably in the last 12 months because 12 months ago, NA was, well, not so much 12 months ago, NA, but obviously probably six months ago before we got into this horrific LMG meta, which thankfully is dying with the next patch. Uh, for the longest time, like you say, it was about the utility side of things. But even like watching FaZe a lot this major, their semi-final in Oregon against W7M, I watched that back a couple of times. Their defense is ludicrous. Like they make you fight for every single square inch of Oregon that they wanted to get into. You drone them out, they kill a drone, they'd immediately strop back to a rune that was nearby rather than getting right back towards site. And the amount of time they'd chew through, like a team like W7M in Latam, I thought looked super dominant and you know, oppressive. Whereas against FaZe, they looked a little bit lost and nervous about where they could go without being shot in the bat, right? Are you saying that's the kind of play style that you think NA's got to catch up on? The way that I've kind of started to uh, talk about it is I would say right now the meta is you need to play defense like you're on attack. Yeah. You just need to fight them, get the numbers down. Because, like, say you turn it to a 3v3 or something, it's harder to execute in a 3v3 than it is, like, a 5v5. Absolutely. And, like, even, and even say say it's a 2v3, right? Say you only have two and they have three. If you're fighting them all over the map, they're probably going to be hard-pressed on time. So even then, it's a much more clutchable position for your team. So, you know, I kind of think the meta right now, and I've, I've probably made it known, I'm not really a big fan of it, but the meta is, you know, just kind of have to flip it on its head and you're 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 on attack on both sides basically yeah leon's popped up in chat and said much the same attacker repeat made it so much harder why bring all this utility when you're going to die with shit guns and hollows just bring good guns 1.5s and then captain mr Velas, is that why you play a lot of alibi to which leon said yep i've got a shotgun a 1.5 and a shield i need nothing else to be able to hold sight and that is kind of the way we're going with things like you say which brings us quite neatly on to the change with you as well like you said um, you said guns are great in the strategy right now. When you and I spoke the other day, you said, look, that's kind of the thinking behind why I've chosen to retire here is that your specialty and everyone has always been so complimentary of your IGLing in terms of the, the strategy of a team, the way things are played out, the clarity of the comms that you give to. The game is somewhat moving away from that very regimented, disciplined style and something arguably still disciplined, but a bit more chaotically so. And you said to me the other day, you don't really feel like that fits your style anymore, right? Yeah, you know, I, I would say that it's not even that I don't understand the meta or like how to play the current meta. It's just like if the meta right now is to not not plant the bomb as much and to run around and take gunfights, I'm probably the worst player at taking gunfights. <laughs> I might be the smartest player at other things, but the worst at something. But if the thing I'm the worst at is now how the game is played, I just don't really want to play like yeah the thing that i the thing that i love about siege and the thing that you know made me able to play for so long i think is the strategy aspect of the game and mm -hmm. that i could and i felt like 
for the majority of the time I could outthink you or outprepare you or, you know, make reads on you. But I don't necessarily think I can, or I don't know that I, I wouldn't say I can't do it, but it's just like, if the game is just running around picking the best guns and like trying to fight everyone, I, I don't really see the, a ton of strategy in that anymore. Mm. Like there's, there's some strategy, sure, obviously, but it's really dropping the strategical FPS side in my opinion and just going straight FPS and with attacker repick, I think that really removed a lot of the need for an IGL if you just have takes that you know what you're doing and you have guys on your team who can kind of shot call off of that and just, you know, change as you need to go. Mm. I just, um, yeah, I just think the game is not at a point where I enjoy it anymore because I'm, the reason I enjoyed it in the first place is the strategical side of it. And I don't see that being a huge focus of the game right now now maybe it'll return metas change uh but i'm not going to return but like right now it's just not a game where i think the the strategic aspect of it is is that important you've basically like 80 percent answered my question but i was gonna ask you very bluntly do you hate the meta as it is right now do you find it enjoyable at all to even watch rather than just play or is it genuinely you think it's just bad for the game I think it's bad for the game. Um, so so actually, there's two sides of this. I do not like it, and I think it is bad for the game. The reason that Rainbow Six Siege is such a popular game and has lasted so long is because it is so unique with the strategical FPS side of it. It's the only game like that. If they're going away from the strategical side of it and trying to just turn it into a shooter, let's be honest, there are just better shooters than Rainbow Six Siege. Just play CSGO, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there are, there are better just FPSs. Now, the other side of this would be from a viewer perspective, it's for most viewers, you know, for the guys that really love comp, you know, they probably feel differently about it. But for the casual viewer, you're watching people run around, you're watching a lot more gunfights and that kind of thing. It's faster. Mm. And that's probably more enjoyable to watch. I think this last major had improved viewership. Um, I don't know if it's because of the meta or just it so happened that big orgs happen to make deep runs in the tournament. But I am curious to see what this game is going to look like in eight months if it continues down this road of removing a lot of the tactical side of it and just kind of sticking with the, you know, just run and gun play style. I think it's funner to watch. Mm. I don't think it's as fun to play if you're somebody who is like more of an old school kind of thinking yeah it makes sense and i guess to put a question to that mr ubisoft come along and say seth here's the bag we want you to become a uh, become a lead designer on rainbow six siege what changes would you make i think you need to go back more towards the middle mm. like i feel like Right now, we're far away from the strategy, the utility kind of side of it. I think I I like the ability to play fast. I like the ability to bring a bunch of different operators and everything because hmm. that is tactical to me. I just would like it more towards the middle. So you do have to put more thought to it. Then let's just bring the best guns and let's just go fight them. Hmm. I, I just want some sort of strategical aspect to it other than... We'll have Alibi in sight. He can make some holes. Let's bring Oryx on the roam. He can make some holes. Everybody else, 
you know, let's bring Malusi so they can't rush site. Everybody else, pick whatever you want. Yeah. And I just would like it more towards the middle, so you have to put a little bit more thought into it than that. Makes sense. I guess there's a question towards you. Do you think part of that has come from the introduction of a number of things at once that made attacking very oppressive? The number of nades that we've got. Attack a repick, for example. And do you think that's now somewhat being handled by the change to recoil, the number of nades being taken out of the game, LMGs finally being put in the gutter, for example. Do you think that sort of then starts to give a lean, especially with the introduction of Grim, back towards a more defensive playstyle where defenders can just look to play around utility instead? I I don't think that Grim is. I mean, we'll see. Right now, I don't think it's going to be like anything game break, like game changing. Mm -hmm. I the frag thing is kind of interesting. Obviously, they're removing a lot of frags, but at the same time, they also like reduce the radius for it to like kill you through the uh, floor now. Yeah. So like they removed it and nerfed it at the same time, <laughs> which is really dangerous. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and sure, like so LMGs are harder, but from what I've seen they're still pretty good mm. um you know they added a 1.5s to a lot of guns they finca is still going to be played you could literally just use the spear it's still going to have the hp you know they didn't nerf that ability at all which to me is like i think that's the bigger issue with finca more than the like obviously the lmg is like broken and that's ridiculous mm. but the whole operator is broken it wasn't just the gun uh, and then now, from what I've seen, R4C seems like it's back, except now you can have angled. <laughs> Zofia AR seems like it's back if you want to run the AR. Yeah. Ace now has a 1.5. That's going to... I mean, that improves Ace, honestly. Like, Buck has a gone now. So, to me, it's just going more and more attacker-sided, personally. Like, these changes... You, we have EMP grenades now, so what's the point of even running uh, Denial? Mm. It's just making it more and more attacker-sided. So what does that do to the defense? Well, we can't sit in sight and let them EMP stuff. We can't sit in sight and have to fight a Zofia AR, Finca, Ash, a 1.5 Ace. What do we have to do? We just have to take our... Let's all take 1.5s and fight them. Mm. You can't let them get to that point. You may as well lose the game fighting them around the map. I've got an interesting one for you here as well then, because obviously everyone's, you know, crying out saying, look, defenders need some help here. Attacking is super oppressive. They've got Finker and Shores. You're going into a gunfight with more HP. Mark 14s, for example, can't kill you in as few shots as they used to. All these kind of things working against them. But then you go back and look at the stats from the major and every single map bar two, border and cafe, are still defender leaning overall in terms of win rates. So do you think maybe more of it's like an artificial feeling or do you genuinely feel like, no, this is generally an attacker leaning game and teams just couldn't attack at the major? What's your take? Uh, well, I think NA as a whole really struggled attacking at the major outside of Xset, so that probably didn't help it. Um, and honestly, I think uh, LATAM, Rogue, those kind of teams, they, they were just, you know, taking that style of just fight them. Don't let them get to execute, <laughs> run around and pick guns. And I mean, I guess that's the meta, but obviously like, like I've been saying, it's not really a meta that I think is good for rainbow because this is a tactical shooter. If the tactics are now, let's just take guns and fight them because if they get to sight, we lose no matter what, then it's not really tactical. Yeah. I'll take your point. I'll take your point. 
Um, in that case, then, let's talk about the patch. Now, obviously, we had the reveal, which was then followed by the designer notes that included a number of things that we weren't aware of from the reveal, such as Gone 6 is being taken away, nades being taken away, uh, gadgets being moved over to different operators, well, kind of gadgets, secondary utility. Um, you guys have been scrumming a little bit. I've already spoken to a couple of teams here in Europe who have been playing on it. A couple have said, Ash Sophia is back. It's the in thing. The R4C is great. So fear doesn't feel bad either. And I'm just like, please don't let us go back towards that meta because it was the most brain-numbing thing I think I've ever seen. But what I would like to do is have a look through the patch notes as well and have a talk through those. So I will okay. jump scenes. They're up on my screen, which everyone should be able to see. So let's start at the very, very top on this front, right? Ignoring the fact that we have Monty, Clash, and Carly up there in win rate because of the whole cheating problem, which hopefully should get sorted soon. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Ubisoft. Outside of that... Looking down towards actual balancing, talk to me about your thoughts so far on the whole weapon recall thing. Have you guys had a chance to play around with that much inside of scrims, for example? What is your team saying about it? Just share your general thoughts. I honestly feel like on the majority of guns, recoil has gotten easier. Uh, obviously on LMGs, I think it's a little harder, but the LMG recoil is still pretty good for like 25, 30 bullets, and then it goes just wonky. But like, I... You know, this maybe is more effective, like, in ranked, but a pro player most of the time is not going to need, like, 50 bullets to kill somebody. So, yeah. I... Honestly, I think the recoils are kind of easier, and now you're throwing, like, angled onto... Uh, I posted a video on Twitter, like, Jaeger angled is, like, a laser beam. Ash angled is very playable. Uh, you know, I haven't really, t like, messed around with all of the guns, but... I personally feel like a lot of the recoils have gotten easier. Mm. And now you have the option to run angled with it. Mm. It's going to be really spicy to see again. That's probably why Doki is so excited about Ash being a thing again. Uh, what about the attachments themselves? Are you seen much about those? Well, I know Ubi probably... When, God, when was it last year? Was it SI last year? They were talking about trying to make att attachments much clearer in what they actually did and try and bring them all more in line with each other. I don't know if this has really made a big change yet. I haven't had a chance to play around with them myself, but they were really stressing the point of uh, let's try and make sure that every single one feels impactful and has a use case. Arguably the biggest change of the bunch is the suppressor, right? With the damage reduction being removed, a few now saying that's it. We're going into the age of suppression. Like, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't really see the point of running suppressing. This isn't Tarkov, like... <laughs> Most of the fights you're going to take, you're either shooting somebody in the back so it doesn't matter, or you're just head on with them. So, you know, you're not like hiding out in a bush. Maybe so. I think suppressor is good on like knock and things like that, potentially. Or if you're like, I just don't think suppressor is that great, honestly. Um, I feel like it'd be more useful on defense and attack too, just because, you know, if you're like riding around. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, some of these changes are certainly interesting. They removed Frost 1.5 because they said it was broken. Now they gave Frost the 1.5 back, and Frost also has, you know, you can put Flash on it with a Vert Grip now. Uh, like, you know, sure, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. I know many held the thought for the longest time that 1.5 was sort of the go-to scope, and now obviously everyone that had a scope above a 1.5 can now have a 1.5 because the whole philosophy is... You have every scope available to you that's below the one you've been given at the very top level. Outside of the frost, that any of the sort of jump to you and going, oh, okay, these are now a little bit ridiculous. 
I mean, Zofia having a 1.5, I think, is going to be very interesting. Um, it seems like they have unnerfed that gun. Hmm. And obviously, when it was played, it was arguably the most lethal entry player. And, you know, everybody loves the 1.5. I think that's something to look at. Thermite having a 1.5 is, is kind of interesting. It's Ace as well. Like, those are... I think people underrate underrate the thermite gun a little bit, but the five five six is like a very good gun. Mm. Now it has a one point five, so you can maybe get a little more mobile with it. Habana has a two X now. A lion having a one point five. That's a laser <laughs> beam. Yeah. Like there's you know, they gave the spear a one point five on Finca. So if you don't like the LMG, like here you go, just play the spear. Um Yeah, I, I mean like I said, I feel like they're making um, the gunfighting easier with these changes. And that just seems to be the, the general direction of the game. is like mm. encouraging gunfights, trying to make it easier to fight. And, you know, if that's the direction they're going, that's fine. But yeah, we'll, we'll see where this takes the meta. It kind of pulls us back to that whole conversation earlier about, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people play Siege because it is a tactical game. It's not another Call of Duty. It's not another CSGO. It is more focused on the surrounding elements. Do you still think there's a world where maybe those that have been in the game for so long, people like yourself as well, and really developed a love for the strategy and the tactical side of the game, will maybe see it as it's completely disappearing when in reality for the layman, for the casual player, they'll still see, oh, cool, I can still reinforce walls we still have to burn through ads we still have to do a b c d anymore to be honest yeah right well my is kind of getting banned out and then jaeger's being ignored we actually saw that a lot in the final where rogue or or phase didn't really bring any of them to it some of the i rounds. mean if you think about it now with them nerfing nades a lot of the operators not having nades do you even need to run jaeger or mm. will my no, that's like, true. i feel like you could just run around like what's you don't if you're going to get naded through the floor anyway what do you need those for yeah, you may as well change have a, it out. Take an Oryx 1.5. Yeah, but it's going to go back to that point. Do you still think there's still a world where many will still see, hey, it's still got a tactical gameplay in it, even if those that were really heavily invested in it at the pro level think it's going almost completely? I, uh, I think there will be some people who still try to play it tactically, and there will be some people who don't. And I think the people who play it tactically for this current version of the game are probably playing it wrong. Hmm. Fair enough. Okay, let's take a look then at some gadgets as well. EMP impact grenade. Does that completely kill Thatcher? Yes or no? I wouldn't say it completely kills Thatcher. What it may do is kill Cade. Because mm. they removed the 1.5 from Og, and then Cade's main strength to me is that it can block hatches. But now if you could just run these operators and get the Cade off the hatch, why would you run Cade? You have to drone it out first, I guess, is one side of it, right? Because the radius is so small compared to what uh, Thatcher's was. But it's a hat. Like, I'm not talking about the walls. I don't, like, necessarily. I'm just thinking in terms of Cade's main strength to me is it can stop you from getting a hatch or make it difficult to get a hatch. Mm -hmm. The radius on that will cover the hatch. So, like... Yeah, imagine like Oregon basement though, right? When you put it on the other side of the wall or maybe in, in bank basement, you're sticking it to a point where it's off to the side of the hatch. You know, think about like cafe as well, where you don't always see the electrical placed on the hatch itself. It's just off to the side. I don't know if the mm. EMP is going to be able to get that full radius. Yeah, I guess that'd be something you have to test. But then at the other, 
the other spectrum of this is I believe Maverick still has nades. Hmm. So, I mean, Mav is going to no, be No, th I think he lost them. Did he? I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. Because I said I was going to stop okay. playing him as a result. <laughs> that Yeah, that there, would... There are, there are only four operators in the game that now have nades. Well, Mav losing nades, I actually think, is a pretty good change. Because then you have to actually bring thought into if you even want to run Mav. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I mean, again, I... I it's just it, to me it just helps attack obviously like at the end of the day it's just something that's going to help attack mm. i think it's insane when i think about the whole nade side of things I, I, I do agree with you at a time when like attackers the seem as being so strong when you've got finker that's running riot for example giving the ability to get through walls or any kind of utility that's intended to slow you down even quicker is a bad idea which is why i'm kind of quietly hopeful that taking away things like frags and nerfing lmgs a little bit will help a little bit but on the frag nade change itself, obviously we saw a small one coming in where the range got reduced slightly and the damage curve was also altered. It was very, very slight. But from what I understand, it's intended to reduce the the damage that you take when you're at the edges of these nades, right? So to kill someone, you have to basically hit them now almost completely directly on for them to die through the floor, um, which kind of didn't work half the time anyway. The number of times I've seen players get left on like 10 HP as a result of a nade is ridiculous. Well... I think the thing that's not being talked about, too, is like if they're giving these operators flashes, remember, they had to nerf Ash because Ash could just flash for himself or herself and then just run in a room. Finka mm. could just flash for themselves and just run at you now. So, like, you're removing some of the lethality of it, but now you're giving operators more of an ability to just kind of push things on their own. Yeah. In my opinion. So I think it goes like both ways. Hmm. It's going to be really interesting. And what do you think about nades being taken away from all but four operators? Like I said, I think it was Iana, Glaz, Sledge, and Nook still have them. I think it's interesting to nerf the radius of them and then remove them from a lot of operators. Mm. Um, and when we're in a meta where I feel like we're very rarely seeing, or not very rarely, but you're not seeing a ton of Jaeger, you're not seeing a ton of Wamai. You know, they removed the 1.5 from Wamai now like i feel like you're just going to see teams just not running any kind of uh denial in that aspect like i think you just don't run jaeger you don't run Wamai. You just again kind of just take more guns mm. i'm just keep on lapping your way through with those one thing pointed out by chukom in chat actually finger can flash you now and arguably herself and with the boost remove the blind anyway and just carry on right yeah i mean I feel like, personally, I think you just don't run Jaeger, you don't run Warden, or sorry, you don't run Wamai, maybe you just run Warden to make up for the lack of ADSs or something. Mm. Warden has a really good gun, it can bring you shields, or a C4, uh, you know, it negates smokes as well, I, I, you know, I, again, I think it's just going away from necessarily the, the kind of utility aspect of things. Yeah. Uh, this change was targeted towards casuals, but I guess uh, assessing something and saying it's only ever going to affect casual is one thing. The reality is another. Hard breach charges, activation time down to four seconds from five. Any impact at our level, you feel? No, I don't, I don't think so. Nah. It's kind of at a spot where I think it's just timing up nicely with the... Like, they say it there themselves, to be fair. It times up nicely with the impact EMP, just to make sure you're not scrambling for a bit of time because having to deploy it itself... Get in position to put it down. Before you know it, you can run out of time and it can uh, sting you if there's an electro core on the other side. Uh, fuse as well. Drilling time has gone down a little bit. Apparently, this is being targeted for top ranked. 
Drilling time down to two seconds from three. You can see the trail a little bit better. And he also has smoke grenades now as a third gadget. We've seen a little bit of niche fuse play, especially mm. around things like clubhouse basement. Do you think we see him any more now, especially now he's one of the only options with nades left? I don't think you'll necessarily see. Uh, I mean, to be honest, now that he has, since since he has nades, I think you could see him a bit more. I don't think you'll see him a bit more because of the changes to his utility. I think you could see him a bit more because he's AK-12 or LMG and uh, nades. Mm. But I do think if we're going under the assumption that teams run less um, denial, I think Fuse could be good in terms of like an initial clear. Like say, for example, let's just say you go clubhouse cash wall. Teams just don't run denial. You throw a Fuse on the wall. If they're running any kind of Malusi, any kind of close ADSs, anything like that, you just immediately clear everything there. Mm -hmm. So I think that could potentially be something. But yeah, I think if you see an increase in fuse, it's going to be because of the nades, not because of the changes to the uh, to the gadget. I guess to the ability. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Carly, I think is a really interesting operation. You've got a couple of changes here that don't feel super significant, but it almost feels like there's a point where with just a couple of tweaks, she would just be flat out busted in this game. Like I think it was Kino who said something like, honestly. If they changed it so she didn't do 90 damage on an arm shot and instead could down people, everyone would run her. It would basically be like having an AWP inside Siege and it would just be so overpowered. What they've done here is mm -hmm. make a couple of changes where they've taken down the uh, recoil and they've increased the recovery time afterwards as well. But she now has four charges of a gadget rather than three. Any impact you feel at top level? What does a recoil change do to a sniper rifle? Really nothing, right? It was like sitting there just like ripping it. That's like... <laughs> It's like, it's like okay. I, don't, I think they're dead already anyway. <laughs> One shot should be enough, right? Yeah. And Glad's got his claimer as a third gadget, which is entirely for casual. Now we get into the really spicy ones. Capital gets a gone six, and so does Buck. What do you think about that? I think Buck having a gone six is uh you'll see an increase in Buck there. I think um you know, the Capital thing is nice. I I don't think you'll see too much more Capital. I feel like Capital is very map dependent. Like, it's a good Oregon pick, I think. Mm. Or sorry, it can be a good Oregon pick. It can be like a good clubhouse pick. I think a lot of the time it's just not really that useful. There's just better operators. Um, the Buck having the Gone 6, I think you'll see a lot more Buck play probably just because, you, you know, Buck is kind of an operator where they are... Uh, very unique in that it does have the ability to apply vertical pressure either way. So that mm. is, you know, and it has a shotgun. You know, it's just it used to be a broken operator until they removed nades away from it. Yeah, I don't think I th I don't think giving the gun back to it is necessarily going to just like all of a sudden make it crazy again. But I think you'll see an uptick in the play of it. Mm. What about Yana having a gun six taken away, dead in the water, or still relevant? Yana is going to be very interesting to me because Yana is definite. So Yana's gun is one of the best guns, especially on land. It's very high damage. And Yana's, uh, you know, obviously has the ability to kind of clear Rooney Gates, drone for themselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. But not only did they remove the gone, which is important, they removed grenades from Yana and they removed the 1.5 from Yana. No, no, Yana. she's still got nades. Does she? Yeah, she's one of only four ups now. So there was. She has. I thought no, no. she has smokes. No, she has nades still. It was Finca who lost frags and got smokes instead. 
Otherwise, they would have completely got to Yana, right? Yeah, so Yana keeps say, the nades. Okay, I thought Yana lost nades. I mean, I think Yana with nades, it's still going to be a good operator, but I do think they hard hit, hard hit Yana. Losing the gun and losing uh, the 1.5... Yeah, she she did always have smokes. I think I was thinking a different operator. Yeah, yeah. But but um, I think Yana will still be played. But like I said earlier, if Ash and Zoe are back, I feel like you probably would maybe even um, run them over Yana unless you mm. really want nades. Well, it was in uh, it's so interesting because um, Wolves. So Shinker, who plays the Wolves, actually used to run or still does actually throughout the major. He did it as well. He runs Yana as a more supportive operator and leaving his entries to go and play other ops. Things like the Finker obviously being there as well, but they pick something else up alongside it. So maybe a world where she moves to be a little more supportive. Still can do quite a lot with the. Uh, I think you could just play Finker support because if you're gonna run, True. so if 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 we're saying that Zoe and Ash are gonna be like heavily played operators again, Finko is like the perfect support operator. You're like a medic. Yeah. Choose the. I think it's going to be interesting. I think there's a lot of options now for um, fraggers. If you can go Yana, Finka, Ash, Zoe, you know, Nock is a highly played up. Have have Buck as the fifth man to bring along the hard breach gadgets. Like, yeah, we're just going to have no hard breach. Who needs to open a wall if you'd kill everyone? I genuinely, I was joking about this a little bit yesterday when I was speaking to someone. I was just saying there's probably a world here where you don't see hard breaches on most maps anymore. I think you could get away with it for. A decent amount of maps. Uh, obviously, some of them would be impossible. But like, you could just run Ace one point five. It's it's essentially a fragger anyway. Mm. Ace yeah. one point five and then four fraggers. Like, okay, good luck. Just laughing. Yeah, <laughs> just make the problem worse. Time will tell. Yeah. And what about Finca? Are you saying she's still very relevant? Of course, but with her losing the frags, does it really damage it all that much when you pair up things like the LMG recall going up? Or do you think, like you said earlier, with the spear, she's still as relevant as ever? I think it'll still be the most played operator, probably. Um, the the nerf to the recoil isn't anything like that. Just makes it unplayable. And even if you don't like the LMG, you could just play the spear, which is a very good gun. Um, and it has a one point five, I believe. It not having frags is kind of irrelevant because you can just run um, flashbangs on it so essentially mm. it could turn into ash or like a clearing operator like you mentioned maybe more supportive and it can still heal everybody on the team so i mean i i maybe some people just say they don't like think anymore but think is still in my opinion going to be played a lot still right up there fair we spoke about mav and we spoke about book already as well but overall some i think the reduction nades arguably for me is the most interesting because we've been in the meta for so long where teams would just run six like g2 i think in the quarterfinal around eight nays in a few of their rounds as well you just see so many that i think it's probably mm -hmm. arguably a blessing to get out of this phase that you had in so many rounds where for 60 seconds basically attackers would go fishing below trying to find something and it was like okay i guess we wait and see if they get anything and if they don't then we know they're kind of in the shit because they've got no other utility right oh i think i think for sure it's going to be interesting how it plays out because Think of how many nades, like, it was a big complaint from pros of how many n people were dying through the floor or grenades that weren't even within the radius of, like, where you think they should have died. Yeah. They nerfed the radius of it, and they removed a lot of grenades. So, you know, if you're one of those teams that was getting a couple of kills a game off of these nades, you have to go kind of a different way about clearing things now, which will probably be interesting to see. Hmm. 
Um, I'm really excited for stage three. I just hope it's not another attackers run over defenders for the most part shit show, but time will tell. With all that done, we've gone through the patch. We've gone through the meta a little bit. We've spoken about the state of the game and how you're not the biggest fan, but obviously hope to see changes in the next 12 months or so. Let's talk a bit about the future. You announced a couple of days ago that you were last night. Was it last night or two days ago? Last night, two, right? Two days ago, I think. It's re recent history. Time flies when you're having fun, honestly. <laughs> Already having that much fun. But that's relevant. Um, you've become the general manager for the Sonics. There are many who will probably have no idea what a general manager's role is in an esports team like the Sonics. Talk to us about the role. What are your responsibilities for Sonics? How much oversight do you now have? What does the next 12 months look like for you? Yeah, as Leon said in chat, I'm the out-of-game leader now. Uh, so <laughs> essentially, for uh, all of the Sonics teams, it is my responsibility, or I guess I'd say it is what I feel like is my duty to try to ensure that uh, they all can be the best versions of themselves they can be. Mm -hmm. um, in a way, I'm... I, you know, in a way, I would just say I'm the the person who all the players are going to go to for things they need. I'm the person who's going to be final call on like a lot of roster changes and that kind of thing. Mm. In my mind, I'm the person who's responsible for turning, you know, if we have losing teams into winning teams and for keeping our winning teams uh, to continue winning. And, you know, with with that also comes with, you know, dealing with uh, contracts for players, that sort of thing. Um, but essentially, I'm just in charge of uh, of all of our teams and ensuring that we have teams that, you know, like I said in my announcement, that our players can be happy to play for um, and our fans can be happy to root for. What excites you the most about it? Like, what new aspects of your role now that you wouldn't have had before as Captain IGL of Sonics itself, the team, obviously, what is it you're most excited about in the general manager role? I mean, it's obviously a new challenge for me. I would say I have always kind of had the personality, I guess, of being more of a, um, like, leadership or, like, that kind of person, you know, I on any team I've ever been on for 15 years, I've been the captain. I've been the person kind of um, in a way calling the shots for what's going on. So now this is just translating what I think is like a, my skill set into trying to help build uh, all of our teams and help guide them into what I think are going to be, um, you know, ways that our teams can improve or sus sustain success. So lots to look forward to, but looking back, do you feel at all sad that you'll never play? Well, I say never right now. That could very well change at some point in the future. But as far as the plan is now that you won't play a game of Siege again on a stage? Uh, no, not really. To be honest, I would have retired after Invitational, but the team asked me to continue playing. And then after stage one, obviously we had a, um, a pretty poor stage and I didn't think there were good options out there. So... I think the timing was right for this. Um, of, of course, I'll miss competing, but um, one, I'm not going to come back and play unless some freak thing happens where we just have to have a player. Like, mm. that will literally be the only way I come back and play. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm older than probably, I think, every player in pro right now for Siege. Uh, I just felt like it was time to move on to uh, the next career path for me 
uh, as I do obviously want to continue to be in esports mm. and, you know, getting this role for, you know, the organization that means a lot to me. Um, I was obviously um, in a way like a dream come true kind of thing. Mm. It's like awesome popped up in chat. Every player is 18, super is 19, right? Yeah. If you're older than me, you can't be on the team. <laughs> so hopes and dreams for the next 18 months. What would make this new role for you a success? What do you want to see the team achieve for you to say that has been the success I was looking for? I would like to improve the teams that we have that are um, struggling a bit. So I'd just like to see some general improvements there. I would like our Rainbow Six Siege team to continue the success we've had or even improve on that. And, um, you know, obviously, as I go on, I'll get more comfortable uh with with the role because some of it is going to be learning experiences for me um so in 18 months i just hope i'm um very comfortable with what's going on and that i feel like i've helped improve or put teams on the track um for improvement interesting question from a guy called titan in chat <clears throat> would you say you're going to spend more time watching challenger league and fbl to scout players um to be honest as somebody who will be in charge of all the teams, I'm not necessarily going to have the time uh, to just focus on Rainbow Six. Mm. Um, obviously, right now, I'm very dialed in on Rainbow Six. I know a ton about Rainbow Six. There's probably nothing you could ask me or about any player that's relevant that I can't answer for you. Mm -hmm. Over time, that will probably fade because my interest is going to be spread across multiple games. It's not just going to be Rainbow Six focused. Right now, I'm literally the foremost expert in Rainbow Six. <laughs> Going forward, you know, the Sonics right now, I believe we're in five games. I have to spread that knowledge out to different games and focus on what can help improve these other teams. So um, probably I will never know more about Rainbow Six than I do right now. Mm. And that kind of begs the question of how does the relationship work with Lauren then moving forward? Because obviously she's sitting there as coach and there's someone else behind the scenes, right? I don't remember the name that you mentioned the other day. Uh, so obviously Lauren is the coach and you know that they the Sonics do not scrim a lot of T1 teams So we're always noticing T2 players and that kind of thing and then right. obviously Joe who is the former coach of the Sonics heads an analytics department oh, that's for it. the yeah, team analytics, right? Yeah, and so he obviously is able to provide information that helps us evaluate players more in depthly mm. um, and I believe <clears throat> you know that combination can um, help us you know, navigate any potential roster changes if they're ever needed, which obviously I'm hopeful that the team can just keep keep the roster we have and not have to worry about that. What are the games is Sonic's in, actually? I didn't realize I didn't ask the question. What are the, are the other four games they're in? Uh, so we are in Rocket League, we are in PUBG, we're in Valorant, and we have a, like a WoW Guild team. Oh, right. The WoW Guild's kind of cool. I always yeah. find that really interesting because I don't, I don't, I never really played WoW. I feel like I missed out on a whole childhood by not being a WoW player. I've actually but, never played it either. Uh, <laughs> oh, and with the Dota team. We actually have a just signed a Dota team, actually. Nice. So it's getting big. Nice. Yeah, I, I always like, feel like, wow, I'd like tune in and watch the raids, but I'd be like, I have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's amazing, but it's also really interesting seeing all these guilds sort of scramble for that race to world first, and that's really fun. Um, I just watch it, and I have no idea what's going on. I can't <laughs> watch it. It's like, get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, woo, I guess we did it right, guys. Yeah, so um, Chain of Command as well. Lauren reports into you now, I guess, is the general idea is how this is going to work. 
Uh, yeah. So all the coaches will report to me, mm-hmm. and then obviously um, Darren, who was the former general manager, he is now the CEO. So right, um, he's who I would report to. Got it. And is is he kind of taken over someone's spot that was there before, or is it just a new role that's being created for him to step into? I, I don't um, I don't really think so. I think they just kind of they think uh darren's obviously done a very good job building the sonics over the last few years Mm. and i think it was just um you know rewarding him for um how good of a job he's done Mm. and obviously uh as a ceo he's now dealing with you know very high level things you know sponsors all that kind of thing the the money aspect of the organization yeah so it you know he's not necessarily gonna have the time to do that and still be the general manager which is where you know i kind of um fill that gap right i see why you're so excited about it now as well yeah it really makes good sense awesome um and focusing back on siege for a second because i know obviously in your world now it's starting to expand beyond just siege roster mania has really kicked off already in the last two or three days i think everyone's seen talk on reddit twitter for example of gonna coming in most have heard that one but yesterday i saw a little bit of chatter about yeti being dropped for geo or something now you might just want to say i don't want to talk about it if that's even true or not um, I think all of us saw Geo's like spaceship gift that he posted up as well. Was that a ruse for him to come to Sonics, or what's your take on what's going on right now? Because NA seems to be in a weird space. Uh, I would say, in any regards to roster changes involving the Sonics or any of our players, um, that will be announced. Um, you know, the roster lock I think is on the fourth. Mm-hmm. So I would just say any kind of roster changes in that regard would be announced within that time period, maybe the next week or two. Um, but I will just say to our fans, I think our fans will be very happy with the roster we bring to stage three and probably be confident that it's the best roster we've ever fielded in Siege. Strong claims, strong claims. That makes it sound like you're trying to get, uh, Sonics on the path to win the next major. Um, I would say... Do a rogue. Just bring in, bring in some young gunner and just do a run for the top. Do a rogue. I would just say the thing to know about me is um winning comes second to none um you know relationships i have with players relationships i have with people if i think there is a way that it's going to help the team win i will choose winning and in a way i guess it's like why you say you step back yourself because you feel you aren't best fit right now to be a player on a team that can play in the current meta right even even in regards to myself Mm. i have always done what i thought is best to help the team win I felt like I was no longer the best option to win, so I left the team. I admire that. That's a really, really good commitment to the org and the team. So one little side piece of that. Desk, many have been calling for it. What was the the dream desk that others were talking about? It was you, Thomas, and someone. They were saying it would be an unreal desk. Would you consider doing a desk at any point in the future? Well, unreal would definitely be a word for that desk. But <laughs> um, if, if I was contacted, I would certainly, I mean, for those who don't know, I literally went to school for broadcast journalism. I, I went had to no college idea. for it. Yeah, so I have, actually I have a master's degree in broadcast journalism. So ah. I, uh, That's I why mean, you're it's so good at talking shit on stream then, I understand. I, I mean, it may be why I'm a bit of an entertainer, but <laughs> um, I would 100% be interested in that. Obviously, my job with the Sonics uh, comes first. So if it's something that could work with... Um, me being the general manager for Sonics, I would 100% be willing to be on a desk of some sorts. But obviously, that is not something that is up to me. Mm, okay. Uh, 
That wasn't the question I had that I've already completely gone out of my mind. Oh, streaming was the one. I've got big trains going past my window, by the way. I'm very unfortunate to be right next to a train line, so forgive me. Um, yeah, when it comes to streaming, okay. obviously being a general manager is essentially a full-time role, right? What's streaming going to look yeah. like for you? Is it going to be a few hours in the evening, once or twice a week? Are you still wanting to make a good run with it? Like, what's going on there? I'm planning on still streaming um, relatively the same amount, to be honest. I'd never streamed, like, a crazy amount. Um because obviously my schedule like in theory i probably will have more time as a general manager than i did as a player because yeah. i think everybody knows as a player i was a player i essentially was a coach like i did a lot of stuff as a player now i don't have to do that so in theory i probably have more time now um it's just going to be when i have that time um, yeah. because obviously as a general manager now i'm you know i'm working more normalized hours uh, whereas before I was sometimes able to stream in like the middle of the day and stuff. So I a hundred percent plan to continue streaming, um, probably eventually even stream a little bit more, but it's more so of finding a schedule that works for streaming with, um, the job I have now. Makes sense. Well, I've always really enjoyed the hyper promotional, like they were like GTA theme. They look like a nightclub kind of theme. Yeah. That like that the yeah. period you had like a couple of weeks of having those. I always enjoyed yeah. seeing each one coming out. They were really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I made it myself. I'm crazy. Yeah, I have zero doubt. Yeah, broadcast journalism, right? <laughs> <laughs> so talk to you about your career then to wrap things up now because we are coming towards the close. What are the high moments, the low moments from your career that you can remember so far? Uh, I mean, I think obviously the high moment would probably be because um, I, I did get second a few times and I won the uh, invite online qualifier literally in my first ever time playing mm. i qualified for invite so that was like that was pretty cool but i would say at the at that moment i didn't take siege it seriously i was literally getting paid 500 dollars. <laughs> um so I, I would say like winning nal championship was um like a highlight for me i feel so long ago but it was only like nine months ago right yeah and obviously like the very deep run we made at invitational was was awesome it's really unfortunate that fans weren't there for it but you know, we had a, I, I still think to this day, and this is going to be like a uh, hot take, that if we would have been able to beat Empire uh, in our match, I think we were up 1-0 maps, 6-5 rounds in the semifinals. We would have beat TSM because we kind of ran NA last year and probably gone to the to the invite finals. So mm. that, obviously that's like super hypothetical, who knows? But I, you know, obviously I really enjoyed invite. And to be honest, just, um the group of five guys that we had on on the team um it was just uh it was a really good run for us over you know a year and a half four majors nal championship top six invite that's like that's a hell of a roster and um you know that 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 team is kind of going to be the highlight for me because i was on some good teams you know rogue uh, era like we were we were good but i i would say i never had as much fun probably as as that team mm. i think it's pretty fair to say to be honest with you as well um although everyone's really happy that you found such a real pivotal role in the sonics organization the scene will feel a lot more empty without you there whether it's the shit talking on stream whether it's on twitter the drama and fun that that brings as well or just those that really yeah. respected your skills as an igl it will be a real shame to not have you around anymore so i'm hoping we get to see some fun streams still and that we still get you talking shit every now and then and coming and taking some digs at people because that's always very welcomed. Um, but anything you kind of want to say to those that are here hanging on to your every last word and want to hear what you got to say? 
I won't pull an invite and just say no, but obviously I uh, I'm appreciative of all of my fans and Sonic's fans. Uh, you're the reason that I'm able to do this. You're the reason the Sonics exist. And to those of you who don't like me, I would also like to thank you because you talking about me literally gets me charms in the game. <laughs> so, you know, I, I might not be your favorite player. Um, you know, I might not be playing anymore, but I'll be around longer than your favorite player because I'm literally in the game. So appreciate, uh, <laughs> appreciate the haters, appreciate the, uh, the non-haters and, uh, yeah, I, I am really excited for you guys to see our Siege team. I think um, it's kind of my first moves with the organization, and I I really think you guys are going to be excited for it. It's a real Thanos moment of just being like, I am inevitable. <laughs> you yeah. can't be without me. I'm literally in the game attached to some of your guns. You can't escape me. Um, nope. One quick question that came from chat as well to close things out. Uh, it's more about the game balance itself. One thing that D asked was, would the game benefit at all from slowing down lean speed, for example, reducing it to about half or so, or do you think that has no real impact? They've already nerfed that, I believe. It used to be faster. So I think that's kind of fine. Like, I don't feel like there's any problem with the movement or anything of the game. I, I think it's just the direction in which they're balancing it right now. Mm, still more to do. And someone else asked, potentially, watch party other Sonic's games. So if they're in a tournament at some point, you can teach us all about, I don't know, WoW raids for those that haven't played WoW, which is probably about five people in the whole world. It if I'm not at, especially for Siege, because I know obviously um, most of you are interested in Siege. If I'm not at the games, like I am planning on going to NAL games this stage, and I'll probably vlog them for those of you that, you know, check out my YouTube vlogs. Um, but if I'm not at the games, I will try to co-stream them and whatnot. That'd be good fun. Real good fun. Awesome. Well, Seth, that's really all we got else, got else to say. Now we've gone through all the kind of topics we had there. You're giving us a good run through of what's next for you as well and for the team. And I'm pretty sure those diehard Sonics that are in the chat are de definitely keen about those roster changes coming in. So I can't wait to see what they are either. And hopefully we see Sonics at the November Major and you will be there in tow with them, I trust, if you do make it. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, no doubt we'll hear from you again, whether that's on Twitter or on stream time. will be uh, Time will tell. But all the best and have a good one. Hope it goes well as general manager. And I think for everyone on the scene, we all say a big thank you for everything you've done over the years, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. I... Uh... I may be gone, but I'll be around. <laughs> Definitely won't be disappearing anytime soon. That's all there is for now, though, guys. This is the end of our second return episode of the Season 60 podcast. On Tuesday, so in just six days' time, we will be bringing on two of the winners of the Major. We have Deepak and Leon, the support duo coming in from Rogue. We want to have a good chat with us as well about their journey through the Major, what's next for Rogue as well. So loads to look forward to on that front as well. So do tune in. It'll be Tuesday, 8 p.m. CEST. And we'll keep this train rolling, try and get some more spicy podcast lined up as well to talk to some interesting people throughout the scene. Seth, thanks once again. And to everyone else, thank you for watching. And I'll catch you all on Tuesday. See you guys.